Welcome to the Work That Matters podcast by Ikigai Coffee. My name is Jeroen Brechtman, I'm your host, talking to the people behind the work that matters. If you want to find out more about this episode or any other episodes, please visit www.ikigai.coffee and I hope to see you there. Hello people, my name is Jeroen Brechtman and uh, welcome to another episode of the Work That Matters podcast where I'm talking to the people behind the work that matters. I am a specialty coffee roaster and I'm in the middle of the process of making the best possible ethical choices, eventually to make sure my three children will also get to enjoy a great cup of coffee in the future. For this I'm inviting the best people in the industry who can help me and hopefully you too to navigate in a complex world of coffee. And in this episode I have two guests, they're both from the partnership for gender equity called Equal Origins. Uh, the first guest is uh, Greg Meenan. Uh, he's a gentleman who has uh, who is n- well known in the industry and has provided the world of coffee with a lot of insightful information and articles. Uh, I will link a lot of those articles in the show notes. Um, Greg is former partnership director at the World Coffee Research, an organization driven to gain a better understanding of coffee science. And currently he is the strategic advisor and program developer for Equal Origins. And the second guest I'm proudly introducing is Kimberly Eason. Kimberly has a long history in sustainable coffee projects and organizations with employers such as the SEA Fairtrade International and the Coffee Quality Institute. And she's currently the founder of the Partnership for Gender Equity Equal Origins. So uh, as I mentioned, the world of coffee can be quite a complex place. And I hope the two of you can help me and the listener to clarify it just a little bit. Before we start this episode, I'd like to inform you that this podcast is a documentation of my personal journey. I don't get paid to do any of these episodes, so if you enjoy listening to this podcast or like the direction we're taking this, please contact us, contact Ikigai Coffee for our services and products. Uh, Even though I would like to advise you to consume just a little bit less, consume less but drink better coffee. It would mean the world to me and it will make future podcast episodes possible. Enjoy this episode. Kimberly, what is uh, the the name? Is it the Partnership for Gender Equity or is it Equal Origins? <laughs> it's, a great, it's a great question to kick us off. And uh, you know, first to say, well, thanks for having us. We're super excited to be here and be part of this conversation uh, to underscore coffee sustainability is incredibly complex. And in particular, this issue of gender equity uh, has its own complexities, which I hope we'll have a chance to, uh, to, to share a little bit about. And our role as the partner for gender equity is how to distill uh, some of these complexities into more meaningful and a more coherent framework so that businesses and stakeholders across the coffee sector can take meaningful action towards a sector that works for everyone. And so just quickly, a uh, response to your, your question, are we the Partnership for Gender Equity or PGE for short, uh, or Equal Origins? We are, are the name of the not-for-profit organization, and we're based in Washington, in DC um, is the Partnership for Gender Equity. That's the name we were uh, we created when we were founded by the Coffee Quality Institute back in 2016. And um, what we did in 2018 was really want to try to ground this work more tangibly to smaller, medium-sized coffee roasters, direct trade type companies that do understand a lot about what's happening along the supply chain and make this topic of gender 
gender equity feel more more relevant and more timely for their businesses, as well as uh, in the broader development sphere, we do a lot of work on the ground with um, development-funded projects, and, and that is where the name, the Partnership for Gender Equity, really resonates resonates more. And so, Equal Origins is kind of our our cool hip side, and the Partnership <laughs> for Gender Equity is more like the maybe the wonky development side, if you want to look at it that way. But it's all it's all driving towards the same thing. Like we're really about transforming the global coffee sector to work for everyone, with a focus first and foremost on coffee farming women and and their families and communities. Oh, that's great. And is it uh, how how does the current situation look like in terms of uh, gender inequity and inequality? And to add another question, inequality and inequity. What is the big difference between those two? Yeah. Well, the sector as a whole, in in especially with a focus on coffee farming communities, there's just an incredible amount of, of inequality. Um, there there is significant data that highlights the role of women in coffee farming households and coffee farming communities, and they are doing an inordinate amount of work when it comes to coffee labor. Depending on the region, they're doing anywhere from 40 to 80 percent, and sometimes more of the direct coffee labor. And then if you look at uh, what happens at the household level, of course, women carry all of the burden of, of the household level. And if we're talking about uh, coffee farming as a family business, which it is, uh, there are many participants in the farming household that take part in, in this family business. And we like to look at the family business as um, the household essentially being the, sort of like the, the back office, right? Like the, the farm being um, kind of, you know, where, where the coffee is the produced front and the, yeah. the front the front of the house, right? And then, but without the back office, the the front the front uh, business doesn't doesn't actually survive. And so, how can we shine the spotlight on the importance of the work of all of the participants in the household to make better outcomes, both in terms of coffee um, coffee quality, coffee productivity, the the overall well being of the coffee farm, but also the household and the well being of those members of that household. Yeah. And and just kind of you know quickly on the equality and and equity, um, you know equity gender equity is really the, the path like setting up the the structure and the and the tools and the and the and the way of looking at um, how to be more equitable that is the route to uh, having real equality can you repeat that last one again that didn't land uh, quite quite <laughs> um so so gender gender equity is really the pathway to gender equality and essentially we're talking about uh, creating the circumstances in which men and women um, whatever their their capacities and their desires and their skills they have access to the tools and resources that they need to 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 be uh, to be more equal in terms of uh, their their outcomes I think I might be able to add a little bit to that too to clarify that is um, you know there, there's it, it's somewhat controversial this this topic actually of, of equity versus equality and uh, the, the United Nations for instance um, really embraces the word equality. And the reason that they embrace the word equality over equity is because very often equity can be misused in such a way to sort of say, well, it's it's different than what we do for men, but it's it's equitable. Yeah. And and that can be a judgment call, which in, in fact is supports an unequal, you know, sort of separate but equal sort of uh, approach where where inequity can remain embedded, uh, you know, in that way. So so the idea between equality is really sort of embracing 
embracing the idea that that truly men and women need to benefit from coffee production equally. No question about it. When we use the term equity, what we're saying here is that, you know what, in some cases, you're going to have to do more for the women than for the men. Not equal, not just, okay, you know, for instance, let's say you have a, a training for producers on integrated pest management. E- equality isn't just inviting the women to that training and and providing them the equal training. It, it, it With a little bit of research, you, you may discover that women are actually not doing pest management on the farm. And so at, at the very core, they're not doing uh, primarily, you know, there's, there's some danger with the chemicals and, and women of, of child producing years tend to stay away from the toxic chemicals for, for safety and health reasons. So generally speaking, men are driving the, the pest management and applying pesticides and, and fungicides on the crops. Um, so if you if you develop a training on integrated pest management, you have to understand that that's primarily going to benefit the men. And that's going to improve the productive capacity of the men. And so when we talk about equality, it, it's not about trying to get women to start doing pest management equally to men. Rather, it's about trying to develop what specifically do women in the supply chain chain uh, do what do they want to do uh, what what where do their opportunities lie and how are we supporting them so it's not exactly equal isn't quite the right word um, what we want to do is drive towards equality as Kimberly was saying in terms of the benefits of production but how we get there may mean that we're doing different things for men and different things for women to do it of course yeah there's not not one size fits all <clears throat> so, so it's, it's uh, mainly to to emphasize on uh, uh, focusing on the strengths of women, to empower women uh, to become better at their crafts and um, better at their uh, in their in their life. Uh, exactly. Are there any uh, current projects that uh, you are involved in? Yeah, um, there, there are a lot of things that we're that we're doing right now. And I guess when you say project, I'm thinking of you know the, the direct work on the ground. And and right now we have a, an active project on the ground in uh, in Nicaragua. Uh, that's been supported by the Starbucks Foundation. Uh, just in earlier this year, we just closed up a project in the Democratic Republic of Congo that was funded by UK Aid and USAID. Uh, those are the two direct projects on the ground right now. As Greg knows, we have a lot of uh, things coming down the down the pipeline. Uh, so we hope to announce some new things in, in early and in, early in 2022. And and beyond that, we have uh, some tools that we're developing, which I know we're, we're going to get to because our, our goal is there are a lot of organizations doing project work on the ground and, and gender projects um, are becoming uh, th- there are more and more gender projects and I think one of the things that's important for us important and interesting for us to highlight is you know we're, we're really looking to um, shift the way the industry does business and shifting away from doing small gender projects and really looking at how we could have 
have all projects and all investments made in the coffee sector be done in a gender equitable way. So there are currently a lot of projects uh, outside of your um, work on the ground. Is there any communication between those projects uh, going on at the moment? Or are these all uh, separate uh, projects uh, just running running around? It's a good point. There's there's a lot of uh, good efforts happening on the ground and um, but they're not um, coherent and they're not uh, necessarily stitched together in a way that can bring broad, more transformative impact in the sector. And so that's one of the roles and the opportunities that we see for the Partnership for Gender Equity is is uh, supporting a, uh, kind of a, a framework of how projects can be measured uh, to support them and to ensure that they are implemented in a gender equitable way. Yeah. So there's no central place actually for all these projects to <clears throat> deliver their data to or their, their experiences. And you are trying to be that central place. And from there, trying to uh, create a framework of uh, from where you can uh, develop more sustainable projects uh, in a sense. In some ways, that's what we're doing. In, in other ways, as Kimberly mentioned, what we typically, gender equity is a relatively new topic for the industry to grapple with. And what we, what we know about gender equity is that it's, it's, uh, it's a very complicated system. Um, very many different things coming to play to impact gender equity. You, you've got, you know, court, cultural, religious, local, regional gender norms. <clears throat> you, you have uh, issues with land title. You have issues with household decision making. Uh, you have issues with the division of labor. Um, you have uh, issues with who controls uh, the, the, the money and the finances coming into the house. You have regions where, where gender-based violence is, 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 is profound. Um, you, so there's, there's quite a range when you're talking about gender equity. And each one of those topics that I just mented, mentioned are interrelated with one another. Yeah. Um, right? So, for instance, the, the, the um, access to productive resources is, is uh, an, a domain of gender equity. You know, do women have the same access? to productive resources as men and 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 how does that inequity impact them and so a productive resources for a productive resource one big productive resource of course is is the land itself um, and and so you can see that that's where sort of land titleship crosses over into the domain of of, product, of access to productive resources but another productive resource is access to education access to training access to technical education and one of the efforts that Kimberly and I are working on right now is very focused on that specific aspect of sustainable development. Um, what we what we're what we see is that um, the capacity building that happens at Origin. So so the education, the good agricultural practices uh, that that are being delivered to producers, the the agroforestry project, the financial literacy project, the quality assurance project that's being delivered to coffee producers. What we're seeing by and large across the board is that often these programs and projects are developed by men for men. Um, that's sort of tra- in, in many ways traditional. We, we especially see that in, in, in terms of good agricultural practices where, where most of the agronomists are men and most of the people showing up to the training have been
than men. And so yeah. they're just over the years, what that does is... It just continues uh, to, to sustain itself in, in the sense that men uh, are the agronomists and that men are the people, the, the, the ones making the, the protocols. Exactly. And then because yeah. the men are expected to show up at the training, they do show up at the training, their productive capacity is increasing with this knowledge. And, and so they're able to deliver higher and higher value activities to their farm. Um, whereas uh, the women uh, who are involved in the production don't have access or, or they have sort of, you know, sort of uh, secondary access, meaning that they rely on somebody to come back from a training and to provide that training secondhand. We know that that's not a very effective way of, of uh, moving information from one party to the next. Um, so, uh, so this is where we come down to this, this, uh, issue of, of roasters that are making investments in sustainable activities. We're here to ensure the, uh, sort of to ensure a certain qualitative, uh, a gender qualitative aspect is present in those investments. Um, th this uh, investing in sustainability work um, is is a is a difficult thing to do. Um, one of the things that I have seen through my uh, over the years is that there's not a lot of tools that help you to um, quantify the quality of the training that's being provided to producers. So for instance, um, this was something that I, that I saw very often uh, when I was working at World Coffee Research, is that you might have an agronomist teaching good agricultural practices, but that agronomist is actually teaching from an, from, from, uh, an agronomy book that was written in the 1950s. A long, long time ago. A yeah. long, long time ago. And a lot has been learned. Uh, there's been some good research. That, you know, and, and, and so this is that issue where, where uh, a roaster might be investing in good agricultural practices and think, hey, I've got that covered, right? We're giving good ag But the roaster doesn't know enough to evaluate those good agricultural practices from a qualitative point of view. Like, how good are these agricultural yeah. practices? And are these the agricultural practices that are going to make a difference to these specific farmers? Like, yeah. these, are, these are further levels of, of, of questioning that I think are super important for roasters to begin to think about. Now, in that line, there's an aspect, a qualitative aspect to sustainable uh, to this kind of education, to this kind of sustainability work, which includes gender. Like, how can I evaluate good agricultural practices training for its ability to reach and benefit women, yeah. right? So this is really the, the heart of, of, uh, of, an, of an initiative that Kimberly and I are, are working on right now called the Gender Equity Index. And this is yeah. a tool that is designed to support the providers of that education. So let's say there's an organization that's providing good agricultural practices training to a group of producers. What the index is going to do, it's going to ask them a lot of questions about how they design the project, about how they deliver the project, and how they monitor and evaluate the project. Mm. And, and it's going to ascertain, does this organization even have the capacity 
to reach and benefit women, yeah. right? Um, and and if not, what are the next things that they need to do in order to do that better? Um, this is one of the things that that we know about gender equity is that it's a it's an incremental learning process as we become more aware of gender and the influences of gender bias. We make modifications to our programs and our thinking, um, and, but it's a process that happens over time. So, um, so for instance, uh, Kimberly and I uh, uh, were working with a with a partner recently, um, and uh, they have specified uh, several different program ele- elements. You know, one of the program elements was um, uh, a village savings accounts that that women would be able to start in in a specific area. And we asked the question: So, you want to work with these producers, and you want to provide them access to the these village savings accounts. Um, did you ask the women if they wanted that? Mm. Did you interview the community to see how that would be a need and how that would play into if that was something that they needed and desired? And 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 it wasn't. Um, they they hadn't mm. talked uh, to the women and and evaluated what would be a value to them. And and um, and this may turn out to be a, a great idea and and a very powerful tool. But the fundamental. But, but you do need to communicate. With the community, you, you need yeah. yeah. So, for instance, one of the baseline efforts of any kind of gender work is you have to know the women you're trying to help. Yeah. You have to know mm-hmm. them, and you have to talk to them. And so, this is where there's a there's a concept called gender analysis. This is where you come into the the group of of producers that you're trying to work with, and you really understand the women and what they do, and how they do it, and what their constraints are, and what their hopes and dreams are, and 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 what do they see as their uh, uh, pathway to higher productivity and to greater levels of agency and empowerment. Yeah, nice. So for for me as a roaster, uh, I try to um, make the best decisions possible uh, on an ethical basis, Mm -hmm. uh, trying to cover the cost of production. That's the first. Uh, The second is uh, providing uh, the coffee producing partners with a a living income. That is the absolute baseline. From there, uh, I try to take it further, uh, providing a quality, uh, a premium for quality. So the coffee quality becomes better every year. Uh, And then um, uh, try to reinvest in in regenerative agricultural practices. But where where do I... Um, uh, I also find uh, gender equity and, and equality uh, important, but where do I find coffees that are uh, produced gender equitably? Mm-hmm. Is, is, mm-hmm. That a, is that a word? Yeah. How can I integrate gender equity into my choices of uh, uh, coffee selection? Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's, a great, it's a great question. And there's a, a growing opportunity and interest in, in just that. We have a program called the Virtual Learning Journey, which is no longer only virtual. We are starting to do some of that work in person. So it's our learning journey on gender equity for uh, coffee producer organizations. And essentially what that is, is a is a 10-week program where we walk uh, uh, participants from the pharma organizations through uh, a process of exploring attitudes on gender equity, uh, exploring what are the key domains of gender equity for a pharma 
farmer organization? How can they uh, shift their uh, their operations to be more gender equitable? And what is their what is their plan? How do they uh, understand where they are with gender equity? Um, and what is their plan to make progress? And so yeah. part of that process includes a diagnostic tool. Uh, it's it's a pretty simple tool. It's twenty five questions and five domains of gender equity. And the idea is that they use the recommendations from this report that they get from PGE to build a, a, a gender development plan. What do they see as their priorities and where do they want to go to uh, to make progress? And what we do, and this gets directly to how you, know, how you as a roaster can, can engage, is we invite those pharma organizations that have participated in the learning journey to have a profile on our, uh, our platform um, under at equalorigins.org. And they each have a profile that says something about the organization, something about the where they're located, the, the quality of the coffee, the elevation, and all of those things. And yeah. it also has a very top line uh, plan uh, that they have created through this process where you could, as a roaster, actually invest in uh, what they have identified as their needs and solutions to address some of their key needs. And so this might be um, uh, you know, bringing in a, a local consultant to work with them on a masculinities training or a uh, enhancing their their gender policy or building out a um, and, and this is for particular projects that are uh, running right now that's correct yes yeah okay yes yeah. so we have uh 50 uh around 50 farmer organizations that have already participated so there's a, a list of uh, organizations from maybe 12 different uh producing countries so far um and this is how we're how we're getting started to begin to drive company uh, roaster uh interest and engagement with farmer organizations that are on their path to greater gender equity. Yeah, I, I can imagine it's a it's a difficult path uh, based on a lot of cultural differences. Um, some men might not be uh, interested in uh, any form of gender equity. Yeah. Uh, do you notice a lot of differences between uh, several origins? And what origins um, are you finding uh, the toughest uh, challenges? Yeah. Well, I want to go back to what, what Greg said in terms of the importance of the role of the, the roaster uh, in the voice of the roaster is critical and actually provides an opportunity for any organization in any origin to better understand that this is something that that people do care about. You you said yourself, like, I care about gender equity. And when you express that uh, to a farmer organization, they will prioritize it in terms of the, the things that they are, that they're working on. Um, so it's, it's interesting for me as a roaster, uh, I find it really important, but until now it hasn't been on my agenda yet. Yeah. Uh, talking to you, uh, Kimberly, and to you, Greg, now I can make a, this, a better decision in uh, in this uh, this topic. Yeah. But it still is uh, quite under the radar, if I mm -hmm. get it correct. Mm -hmm. And is is there uh, any certification uh, programs that currently integrate gender equity into their program? Well, this, the standards organizations uh, have recently um, uh, updated their standards. And I, I haven't yet seen the there's new fair trade standards, which supposedly have um, something more on gender equity and also Rainforest Alliance has has started to integrate um, gender in a more um, integral way in, into what into what they're doing. Uh, I think the opportunity with um, the work of the Partnership for Gender Equity is that we're we're really looking to bring together work across these different initiatives to drive change ac across across the sector.
better. And and it does start with uh, each organization, with each company that's investing in in sustainability programming to um, uh, understand where they are uh, on their own journey to gender equity, taking the diagnostic tools that BGE has to offer, and then building out a plan for uh, how how to make progress where there are where there are needs. Yeah, and and to to get back to uh, the origins, what origins do you find the, the toughest uh, challenges? Because mm. I just uh, jumped over that. Well, you know, uh, let me jump in here a little bit to say that um, that gender equity broadly in our world does not exist. It it yeah. it doesn't exist anywhere. It doesn't exist really. I mean, obviously there are some countries. Um, and, and it's, it's a tough nut. To it's crack, a tough yeah. nut to crack. And yeah. and and uh, you know there there are many good positive things that have been happening, um, particularly in the north. Um, but everywhere, in, in in almost in every situation, there is legacy gender in inequity uh, happening. And and certainly there are uh, areas where perhaps there are uh, more urgent and critical issues around gender equity, where say gender based violence is is rampant, or um, uh, yeah. you know, so really where where women's lives are being threatened and hurt, uh, that you know that's obviously uh, something that's very critical and and requires significant attention, and, and it's very challenging for organizations like our own to to work in in environments where gender based violence can be more the norm than the exception, um, where, yeah. where gender based violence is, is very uh, broadly. Uh, and, and how do you cope with that? I mean, I can imagine then uh, if you uh, the the return on investment, to put it that way, um, in a country that is more open to it and more susceptible to uh, uh, to, to your um, uh, your projects or collaboration, I can imagine it. It's it's like in Dutch we have a saying: "Dweilen met de kraan open." It's like mopping with the with the tap water uh, still running. <laughs> Right, exactly. Well, how we're how we are uh, approaching this problem is is from two different directions. One direction, Kimberly just mentioned, is working from the ground up. So this is from the producer organizations themselves. So yeah. when we're working with that, uh, you know, the certification bodies, as as Kimberly mentioned. Do, do you sorry yeah. sorry to interrupt you? Do you choose the collaborations, or do the uh, uh, the producer organization uh, organizations choose you? Both. Um, actually, um, but at what we very often do is we're working with some funding partners who have direct trade relationships with specific producer organizations, and they want to support those producer organizations, which are which include men and women members. Uh, they want to support those producer organizations in becoming more gender equitable. Okay, so what does that mean? Well, that means the the the, the learning journey approach that Kimberly just said, and and this is where we, we run them through a 10-week process and evaluation where they really begin to look at the fundamentals of how do we as an organization ensure higher and higher and growing levels of gender equity as we move forward as an organization? How do we do that? So that's working from the producer organization up. Now, the other direction we're working is from the uh, extension service provider and working that down. So that is, okay, what are all the organizations that are actually improving the capacity of these producer organizations what are these organizations that are at origin that are that are providing good agricultural practices training or or, or, or financial literacy are they operating in such a way that their operations also benefit and empower women so from these two places we're sort of working towards 
empowering the women in the supply chain from the ground up, from the producer organizations that they work for, and from the t- and from the top down, the organizations that are working with those producer organizations to improve their their capacity. So it, it's kind of a two arm approach um, uh, to to uh, to improving the productive value of women and the opportunities available for women uh, for, for for moving up and and increasing their their capacities in 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 copper producing countries. Yeah. I read a document. And I can't recall which document it was, but there was a question on the bottom and I'm, I'm quite interested by it. So how is the responsibility for gender equi- equitable practices spread ar- across the supply chain? Mm-hmm. How is the responsibility for gender equity currently spread across the supply chain? That's a super and interesting how, and question. How, and how should it be? Yeah. So this is, I think, why we're so interested to talk with you because your audience is coffee roasters. Your audience is the people who are buying the green coffee. And to a certain degree, the responsibility lies there. Um, This is a, uh, what you're, you are a buyer of green coffee and you buy that coffee with certain specification requirements. Needs to be a certain flavor profile, needs to have a certain quality, it needs to have a certain level of freshness, it needs to be delivered at certain points in time. All of these things are, are part of, of specifying the, 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 the product that you want yeah. to buy. What we're telling roasters is you have to specify also gender equity. And that's one of the questions you need to be asking your suppliers Just about. to send that message yes. uh, back into the supply that's chain. That's exactly right. And that's why yeah. the, the, the buyer supplier portal that Kimberly was talking about that we have on our Equal Origin site listing these 40 or 50 uh, producer organizations that have gone through the training. These are not these are not organizations that are solely women or solely women run. Um, uh, and these are organizations that have both men and women working together, and they are on a credible path to growing gender equity. They have a plan. They have an investment approach. They know what they need to do next. They know what they they have done, and so they're on this journey. and And this is why roasters at this particular juncture are vital because these producer organizations are they are under an enormous amount of stress they have a lot of problems that they're dealing with and as you know at any organization you sort of triage your problems like what's the most critical thing that I have to work on right and and so boy we've got uh, LaRoya coming through our farmer fields like we've got to we've got to deal with that that's an existential threat to our producers and 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 so amongst all of this competition for attention, we're we're here waving this flag. Hey, what about the women? You know, and exactly. There's another one. So that, they want us to plant uh, the shade trees and they want us to open up our accountancy. Yeah. Ex- exactly. Uh, exactly. They want us to produce organically. And, so so what uh, we're saying to roasters that are interested in regenerative investments and in agroforestry investments and in financial literacy investments and in good agricultural practice investments at origin within their supply chain. What we're saying is you need to ask your uh, uh, partners about how they're ensuring that that the agroforestry project is going to benefit women equally to men. How are you going to do that? And 
and um, uh, um, and a partnership with PGE, I think it's uh, super important for people to be associated with this uh, organization because you need to go on your own learning journey in terms of gender equity. You need to begin somewhere, and and PGE is really there to be a roaster's long term uh, partner in in advising and and helping them to ask these questions of their supply chain and yeah. and um, and what's reasonable for a roaster to ask like you know yeah. what is the state of the industry what is good performance in gender look like what is what is poor performance in gender look like nobody yeah, so once again yeah. there there should be more communication and collaboration so instead of uh, demanding look uh, I want my clients want this That's right. so I and to slowly and gently weave towards a better uh, circumstance that involves mutual values yes and and I think it's appropriate to talk about, I mean, right now, when people think about gender equity uh, in roasting, they think about women's coffee and right the, the 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 coffee that's been grown by women or grown and produced by women-driven co-ops, um, and and really where, where the proceeds are going directly back to women in that way and very often the coffee can be branded you know las mujeres or or or, or something along these lines yeah. um and, and this is really sort of the state of gender equity writ large at this time with roasters and we we really embrace this market access approach to gender equity because that that's what it is you're you're providing uh premiums and additional market access to women entrepreneurs women agro entrepreneurs. However, as Kimberly said, 40 to 80% of the labor of all coffee is produced by women. And so it's super important for roasters to understand that supporting women's coffee isn't the same as supporting gender equity broadly in at origin. Um, if, if 40 to 80% of all coffee is being produced by women, all coffee is women's coffee. Yeah. All coffee is women's coffee. So, so what we're trying trying to do here is is um, uh, to engage roasters uh, within their own supply chains. We invite that engagement. So if, if you have specific roaster, uh, specific origin partners that, that you've been buying coffee year over year, you've been making sustainability investments year over year, you've been watching them improve, you've been watching them become more profitable. Okay, now is the time to begin to help them move in the direction of gender equity and to raise that yeah. question about do you have a gender do you have a gender plan do you have a gender equity development plan how 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 is membership decided at this producer organization do are women allowed to to join yeah. this uh, uh, organization there's a lot of questions that we can help roasters ask um, uh, of their trusted supply chain partners and then then they can offer this opportunity within their supply chain would you like to develop it's gender equity is important to us as a buyer, we would like your organization to become more gender equitable. And here's a path that we can support you if this is something that you're interested in doing. And and again, the the producers, they want to make their buyers happy. If you say to me, gender equity is important, then I'm going to prioritize gender equity. If you're not talking about gender equity, I'm going to prioritize seven other things that are burning hot. Yeah, then it, at my, then it's not uh, on the list. That's yet. right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But th that, of course, is for 
roasters that have their uh, own supply chain uh, a bit in check. Um, there's uh, a lot of uh, middle large roasters, uh, although I'm talking about the Netherlands then uh, particularly, uh, and Belgium, that just buy their coffee from their importers. So what you're saying is also for those roasters, uh, try to send the message to their importers so the, imp- so the importers can t- contact you and initiate uh, projects um, uh, based on uh, gender equity. Absolutely. I mean, h- how that typically works, as we know, is, is that a roaster um, might pay a premium, a sustainability premium on the coffee that's to be reinvested in some kind of sustainability work for that producer organization. And so when a roaster says, hey, we want to invest in gender equity development within our supply chain, then and and uh, then for sure, you know, an organization like, you know, uh, you know, earlier we were talking about the side up, for instance, as, as, as being a, 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 an organization to, to emphasize to them, hey, you're doing some great sustainability work. We love partnering with you. How is this sustainability work uh, impacting uh, women and men equally? Can you can you can you, we talk about that? Um, yeah. That that becomes, I think, a super important question. And and really, what what we're trying to do is raise the urgency of this issue up. This is a human rights issue, right? This um, when when we when we look broadly at, at coffee producing countries and we see that that the women in the supply chain are often doing the most menial, low value tasks in the coffee supply chain. Okay. Why is that? Right. Um, and, and, and how does that perpetuate, uh, inequality? How does that perpetuate oppression? How does that do that? So, you know, our, our partners, uh, who have helped us to develop the gender equity index, um, partners like, you know, uh, La Vasa and and Carabella and, and, and a variety of Berry House in, in the United States, um, uh, what they're concerned about is they're saying, hey, you know, we are we are making investments in sustainability. The very last thing we want is that our sustainability investments reinforce existing gender norms that are oppressive to women. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. so their first some, order of business some, is, hey, some nasty side effects. Right. Uh, yeah. We, we don't yeah. want yeah. our investments to unintentionally be doing harm to women. OK, this is a human rights issue. This is absolutely vital. And and quite frankly, the industry has just begun to grapple with it. Um, uh, Kimberly, uh, Kimberly, maybe you want to talk a little bit about the the research that we did of extension service providers um, in conjunction with uh, with the Yale Business School. In spring, this past spring, uh, we were able to uh, bring together students at Yale University in their uh, Jackson School of Global Affairs, and uh, they conducted research, uh, desk research of uh, I think. It was close to 30 different organizations and then followed up with interviews with another 15 companies. And essentially, we're looking at the state of service provision among what we refer to as extension and advisory service providers. So these are all of the the companies and development organizations and public sector organizations that provide services to farmers and farmer organizations. And what they found, which we had heard anecdotally in our own conversations, was that the issue of, of of gender and the way services are provided, um, it, they really do not address the needs of 
women, and and in fact, um, often don't uh, don't reach women, don't benefit women. Um, because Greg pointed to, um, we don't necessarily know the degree to which maybe they're um, unintentionally doing doing harm by not understanding who they're meant to um, to reach in those services. So that uh, work was funded by uh, an organization, a partner organization called Women Forward International, and we will be uh, continuing the research. Um, this coming spring also with another cohort of uh, graduate level students from Yale to um, to deepen the understanding at a, at a regional level and uh, capacities that exist in different um, coffee producing regions. Yeah. And in what regions are this, uh, is this research uh, being done? Well, globally, the, the, the scope of the research is global. Um, when we uh, look at the spring semester and the new students coming in, we'll be looking at where are the main um, Uh, origins where coffee is produced. So we'll do some scoping in East Africa, certainly in Indonesia and and Vietnam, and certainly uh, Guatemala, Peru, Colombia, some of the major um, producing countries in in Central and South America as well. And the the research itself, uh, if if I might just interrupt, um, also, you know, it it really, what we were doing is we were, we we had a a significant focus on private industry side. So so we interviewed the folks at Ecom, we OLA, um, Vol Cafe, um, Caravella, um, hmm. a, a, a lot of you know uh, Louis Dreyfus. Um, so, so these major, huge international businesses that are moving commodities around the world, but are also providing an enormous amount of technical services to producers in their supply chain. So, these were among the people that the Yale team uh, questioned and researched to evaluate. Hey, what is your capacity? What is your approach to to deliver? your services gender equity and and it, it sounds a little technical but on but the state of the industry is so poor like for instance you might be trying to uh, uh, you might be trying to reach women but your database uh, that you record all your training on and, and the database that you utilize to to reach your specific producers has only one place for one name at the top of the account and typically that's going to be the man and so all of the organization's communications are directed towards the man because that happens to be the key code that the database is running on. And so literally at a very foundational level, their systems are gender biased. Their systems don't have the capacity to record gender disaggregated data about their impact on women. Now that's a very basic foundational element that our gender equity index is designed to uncover. And then the recommendation would be, hey, you you really can't monitor and evaluate your performance on gender equity until you have a database that has the following uh, capabilities. And, and, and so, again, this is designed to help these organizations to plan out their investments and their growing capacity to reach and benefit women. But yeah. but the state of the, the state of the situation as as the the research and by the way that research is available on our on our website we can give you some QR codes after after this uh, uh, for for you to highlight for folks but uh, it's 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 appalling and uh, and you know and it, it's appalling when you begin to understand uh, the the implications of this and um, and when you see women uh, largely uh, not benefiting as much from men from the coffee production, you have to ask yourself, boy, is, is access to training, is access to technical assistance, is access to education one of the reasons that are that are, 
that that is keeping women in 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 a role in coffee, uh, w- which is providing um, a lot of labor, um, but 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 not producing as much value as it could be otherwise. And and this issue really has been hidden. It is not something as you as you pointed to earlier on, Jeroen, about um, gender equity really just kind of coming up in in how you think about your business and you think about your sourcing. And yeah. it, it means as as uh, Greg pointed to, there's a, there is an urgency because it is a human rights issue, and it has been something that's been under the radar screen of the of the coffee sector for, for too long. And I think one of the things that's exciting about the tools that we that we have uh, now available is that it's a chance for any company to understand the issue, to kind of peel away some of the complexities, and to actually be successful. And we want to support the success of these companies in getting on their gender equity path and making progress along that path. So they really have something positive to say about the work that they've done to transform the lives of, of the women yeah. and their families in, the, in their supply chain. Yeah, to actually choose a direction yeah. as a company. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 And that is something uh, more companies uh, might be doing instead of uh, uh, a reactive approach, uh, getting into a proactive uh, approach in terms of a change of culture towards uh, the integration integration of uh, gender equity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And, and one of the ways that we see gender right now in the industry being worked on is where, let's say there's a roaster that's interested in making investments in their producers and wants to work through their coffee suppliers to do that. Yes. Yeah. Well, let, let's take me, for example. Yeah. Uh, my uh, my supply chains are uh, pretty much for 90% uh, open. Uh, as I mentioned, this has not been on my agenda yet. Uh, I really want to uh, emphasize on the, rege- the regenerativeness of, uh, of my supply chain, mm-hmm. so economically as well as agriculturally. Uh, try to collaborate with the University of Wageningen to get the agricultural uh, practices uh, uh, to map it out, because uh, as you said before, it's not something that, that a roaster knows anything about. So yeah, I can dive into it and dive into Google, but I will never uh, uh, be a professional uh, at it. Mm-hmm. But also economically, try to follow the money to, to make sure everybody gets uh, uh, the cost of production, living income covered. And now I also want uh, gender equity as a part of my agenda, mm-hmm. part of my, let's call it the Ikigai principles mm-hmm. from which I uh, move forward. Uh, how do I take it forward? Well, the first thing that you would do, like, it's great that you have this focus on regenerative um, ag, which is obviously, as, as we're all trying to approach net zero and, and, and carbon and a warming planet. Uh, uh, net zero is not enough. You yeah, have right. Move you far have to, above. Uh, yeah, zero. regenerative. Yeah. Let's 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 start giving back to the planet with our with our practices. Net, net zero is like uh, just about enough. Exactly. So so you're going to identify. You're going to go into a region. You're going to work with a partner that's going to come in and identify. Okay, what's the starting point of the farmers in this region? Um, what sort of regenerative practices uh, can we offer? What sort of menu of regenerative practices do we want to begin to teach um, and, and provide technical assistance for? How are we going to achieve more regenerative? How are we going to move the needle on regenerative agriculture? So that's that's one question, and 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 there's a great research and 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 different people that are focused on that. Now there's an additional question that we're asking you, um, Teron, to 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 ask your your partners on the ground, and that is. 
how can you assure me, how are you assuring that the regenerative strategies that we're implementing are going to benefit men and women equally? Yes. How are you going to do that? Have you talked, do you under, do you know who the women are? Do you know what they do on the farm? Do you know what their roles are? Do you, do you know what specific opportunities that women have, say, to provide uh, something towards regenerative strategy versus what men have to provide towards that strategy, given their different roles on the farm? So in essence, we're, we're asking your partners that are, that, are, that are beginning to specify what specific, what's going to be on the menu for regenerative education. We're saying, have you talked to the women? Have, do you know who they are? Do you know how they can contribute to the regenerative process? Do you know what opportunities there? Do you know what barriers that the women have that are preventing them from doing more regenerative, to being more partnered in regenerative work on the farm? You see, it, yeah. it's 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 a gender lens that needs to be applied and what we're saying to the roasters is you just have to realize that there's the, the, the gender inequity at origin is huge and so you have to be asking this question regardless of the investment that you're making at origin you have to ask how have the women been considered in this in this project and and very often what you'll see is that they'll say well okay we're doing this regenerative project over here and then we're going to do this project here which is specifically designed for women and and it's 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 going to help them to develop village savings accounts let's say yeah this is how the industry is approaching it where where there's a there's a good agricultural practices module there's a regenerative module there's an agroforestry module and then there's a gender project and and they're all packaged together and and the one gender project sort of shares its light of gender equity on the other projects in a way that's actually false it you know you can you can you can be providing a, a discrete project that benefits primarily women but that doesn't make your regenerative project gender equitable and and so what we're we're asking roasters to become more sophisticated buyers of sustainability activities and by by asking this question and and and, and we're also telling roasters you shouldn't be surprised when your suppliers come back and they and they say they haven't done it that they don't know the women and and that isn't a reason not to partner with these organizations but it's a reason to say how are we going to do better yeah. what what's wh- how can we how can we ensure yeah, how can we improve that's uh, right. the situation yeah. yep exactly and that's where that's where the partnership with, with with partnership for gender equity that's where our particular value proposition is being able to come in there between these two organizations and really map out a credible next step. How do we incrementally improve what we are about to do? How do we incrementally ensure that women are going to benefit more from this? How can we incrementally improve the capacity of your of your EAS partners on the ground yeah. in this region to meet the, the needs of women? Yeah. Isn't there uh, um, also a line in terms of uh, privacy that is uh, being crossed here? Uh, so, for example, I collaborate with a, with a farm in, uh, uh, let's say, Colombia. Um, and I want to know whether the women are being treated fairly, uh, equitably. I, I try to imagine somebody asking me, uh, is your wife being treated uh, equitably? Yes. Equitably? Yeah, yes. And, and of course, I will say yes. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to uh, play the, the devil's advocate here. I can see a line of privacy that, that lies there when you try to map out how women are being treated. Uh, I understand completely what you're talking about. And, and, and first, yeah. I want to say that if you're working with a single farmer, okay, yeah. this is a little bit different than if you're working with a producer organization that has a governing structure and agronomic support and, and, and things like that. Um, yeah. You know, and yeah. so yeah, that's a big, there's a big yeah. and so when you're working with a producer organization, they can say, hey, do you have a gender policy? Have you considered gender in any way? You can start sort of at that foundational level. Whereas yeah. if you're working with a, an, an individual farmer, it, it's 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 a different uh, it, it's a different conversation in, entirely. Yeah, I can imagine if you do it from a producer group yep. point of view, then then it's a, a, a lot better because if somebody if I would be a coffee farmer and somebody asked me uh, what I asked uh, earlier, like uh, is your uh, wife being treated uh, fairly? Yeah, there there's somebody snooping around in my in my family uh, situation. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't quite. Uh, even even in a large a large farm though there are going to be gender issues if you look That's at right. they are hiring labor right they yeah. either have a uh, full-time year-round uh, labor or they're hiring pickers and so just the fact of asking the questions of that of that coffee farmer what are the things uh, that you have in place to ensure that the, that the women pickers uh, that are coming on the farm are treated equitably that they're that they're safe uh, that they're not subject to to violence uh, that they yeah. have access yeah, to the same course. kind of training that you're that you're given the men uh, that they're yeah. paid the same uh, as as uh, men are and so just by asking those questions then it's also very likely that the farm owner and what's happening in his household he might start to look at that differently and he might start to ask himself the the same questions and yeah, I, subconsciously you, you just put it yeah, on the agenda yeah and I think yeah. we yeah. also yeah. do that with with roasters um, you know and so many roasters like yourself that that you know are conscientious and they're they're thinking, oh my gosh, you know, in our own roastery, we're not necessarily doing things in a gender equitable way. Um, how am I ever going to go and ask my supply chain partners what they're doing with regard to gender equity? And so we we totally get that. And and there is, of course, an opportunity for each company to look inside and do and see, uh, you know, how that how they're doing and where they might improve. And in particular, in you know, consuming countries, if you want to divide it that way, uh, there are more laws in place that that help to ensure equal pay for equal work. Um, yeah. But, you know, we do have roasters who have asked us, you know, hey, we like the idea of this this index or this diagnostic tool. Do you have one for us? And and so it certainly is something that we've thought about and that we would like to be able to provide to, to the industry. Would there be enough enough interest? So that's also something to, to put out there to your, uh, your listening um, public, that if that's something of interest, it'd be something that uh, the Partnership for Gender Equity would very much like to collaborate on. Yeah, I think this is a nice one uh, to wrap it up uh, I think uh, everybody who's listening uh, to this check out the show notes I will link all the, the articles uh, that we discussed I would like to thank you Kimberly and Greg for, for being on this uh, on this episode thank you for your work uh, to be honest it has become a lot more clear just by discussing it you put it on the agenda uh, so we can actually work towards uh, more gender equity yeah. yeah well thank you for the invitation it really is through these types of fora that, that the message gets out there and uh, thought leader companies like yours 
I start to take action, right? Start to take it seriously and really, really engage in a way that is going to benefit women, farmers, and their families and communities around the world. Yeah, trying to find a holistic uh, approach yeah. to that. It's it's uh, the slow and gentle weaving of a different kind of coffee culture. Yes, I like that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, well, thank you. And um, for the listeners, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, if you want to find out uh, and about any other episode, uh, please go to www.ikigai.coffee and I hope to see you there. And also, if you have any questions, there's a button on the website uh, which you can press and you can uh, send in questions for future episodes. And we'll try to uh, to discuss those. And right now, my little girl just walks in. And I, try to, I try to keep them calm, but. Uh, <laughs> Oh, <laughs> <laughs>